At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the Greg Peterson experience here on the Vegas Edson Information Network. A tremendous Saturday. You had Wilder Fury just wind up going down as the man that wound up going down. That would be Mr. DeAndre Wilder. Fury winds up getting a knockout in the 11th round. That was absolutely incredible. You wound up having number one Alabama go down. And I believe that Deontay Wilder is actually from the state of Alabama. So a little bit of a rough day if you're out there. but. A very good day if you're a fan of the LA Dodgers. They wound up winning, so we've got a lot to take a look at as to what all wound up happening in the sports world on Saturday. And you know what? It is not done quite yet because we've got some Pac-12 after dark action with UCLA and Arizona doing battle in the second half out there in the state of Arizona. So we're going to be taking a look at that. Got a lot coming up, and we've got college basketball conference previews on this show tonight as well. At brings just joy to my heart because I absolutely love college basketball. We are 31 days away from the start of the college basketball season. If you're out here on the West Coast, if you're on the East Coast, well, lucky you, only 30 days away from the college basketball season starting. So we're going to be hitting on that. And then once it hits midnight Pacific, so in two hours, that would be 3 a.m. Eastern. We got to go all NFL because it will officially be Sunday. And from there, we wind up just going through all the games that we've got on a spectacular Sunday. So we've got a lot to get to here in the next three hours on the Greg Peterson Experience. Big shout out to all the guys back there helping out. Oliver, Nick, Wyatt, you guys do absolutely tremendous work. And speaking of doing tremendous work, right now, if you took the points with Arizona, you're in good shape as Arizona wound up closing as between a 16 to a 16 and a half point underdog, depending on where you shop this line at. You've got UCLA currently in the lead by a count of 24 to 16. Total is looking like an under right now. Obviously, we could wind up seeing some late game scoring, but anywhere between 60 and a half and 61 was your closing total in this one for UCLA. Certainly has been an almighty struggle ever since this team wound up looking very impressive to begin the year. They wind up being able to get that nice win against LSU. A lot of people were hyped on them after they wound up just absolutely bludgeoning Hawaii. We have found out that LSU is not necessarily the world's greatest team. Hawaii certainly is not a game opponent either. And, well, right now, if you're a backer of UCLA, they have the ball in their own territory right around their own 30-yard line with a minute left in the third quarter. So you're going to need some scoring here to try to be able to get that one home. 
This one looks a little bit more secure. If you want to blame the points with Nevada, you are in absolutely spectacular shape here as UCLA, by the way, just wound up getting about a 45-yard chunk play, but with Nevada, they're up on New Mexico State by a count of 45-7. to Those of us that have been taking a look at ESPN's annual bottom 10 know that New Mexico State, year in and year out, have been making a lot of appearances there, and, well, right now, it's not going too well for them. Nevada wound up closing as a favorite of right around 28.5 to 29 points. Opened up more around 33.5 points, and as of right now, that line move is looking wrong, and Nevada might be trying to get this total over all by themselves. Wound up closing anywhere between 64.5 and 65 after opening up at 62, and Nevada has just an absolute stranglehold on this game. If you're looking to jump in life, you're going to be laying just a whole truckload of points to try to get in on Nevada right now as I'm seeing them north of 40. So, yeah, you're going to be certainly laying it there. But you just take a look at what we wound up getting in college football on this Saturday. Obviously, the marquee news is Texas A&M being able to take down Alabama. That's something that we've certainly got to be starting out with because I feel like many of us, including myself, thought that the hierarchy of college football went Alabama 1, Georgia 2, everyone else fighting for third through whatever, however far you want to go down. But for Alabama, they were the team that wound up going down. Now, in my opinion, it was a little bit of a rash overreaction that Texas A&M, in the span of two weeks, went from number seven in the country to completely unranked. And as we know, going to College Station is a little bit of a tough ask. We do also know this, though. Texas A&M dealing with a whole bunch of injuries as Zach Kazada wound up getting the start in this one, and he looked pretty solid for him. He was able to throw for three touchdowns and an interception, and Bryce Young looked a little bit more mortal than we have seen in his recent performances. Wound up throwing an interception, 28 of 48. Still put up big numbers overall with 369 yards, but certainly wasn't able to get really anything generated on the ground. He was able to bust out for one rush, and that was it. I think that in this circumstance, you've got to give a little bit of credit to the Texas A&M defense, but also with Alabama, we've noticed this in recent years, ever since they wound up bringing in Lane Kiffin, because you have such a more, I guess you could call it, focus on the offensive end, that the defense has been lacking a little bit more with Alabama. Certainly was not the case against Ole Miss, but you wound up having the Crimson Tide just give up big chunk play after big chunk play. They were just unable to contain the Texas A&M wide receivers. So that was a little bit of an issue. And this is a game that this was probably the most surprising part of it. The fact that Isaiah Spiller, 70 carries for 46 yards. He did wind up having a touchdown and he was able to catch a couple balls. But at the same time, if you were figuring that Texas A&M was going to be able to win this game, you thought that it would have to be from a huge game by Isaiah Spiller. That was not the case here. So I feel like that might have been the most surprising part of everything. So that was really the big marquee game that we wound up seeing in college football, at the very least, from a results standpoint. You do have a Pac-12 that right now, you've got a game in action that I want to be refreshing a little bit earlier in that you've got Arizona currently trailing UCLA, and this is one in which you've got a little bit more intrigue now that you've got UCLA starting to drive. The fourth quarter is about to begin. 24-16 to is this one as You've got UCLA laying between 16 and 16 and a half points, but you just take a look at this conference in general. And right now, it feels like whose line is it anyway, where everything's made up and the points don't matter to this point because you just take a look at this conference and Oregon is the number one team. I feel like that's pretty secure at this point, but what do you have outside of Oregon at this point? Because I have not liked what I've seen out of UCLA recently. They've got the lead in this game against Arizona, but... There has been a big, giant fall-off. UCLA winds up throwing for under 30 passing yards in the first half in this game. So you've got a UCLA team that I'm having a tough time trying to make anything out of them. I thought that Oregon State might actually be a relatively solid contender to Oregon out there, especially when you wind up having what used to be known as the Civil War. I don't know what they're calling it now. Between Oregon and Oregon State at the end of the year, always one of the more marquee rivalry games in college football, but... They wound up going down against Washington State today, 31-24. to A Washington State team that, well, to say that they were struggling to begin the year would be relatively generous as the Cougars are now 3-3 three three overall, but they wound up losing on their home field to begin the year 
against Utah State. Now, Portland State is actually a relatively solid team out there at the FCS level, but they just got completely bludgeoned against USC as well. So you just have a Washington State team that it's hard to make heads or tails out of. And I just mentioned USC. Well, things are not going well for our good friends, the Trojans, as they wound up losing by 16 points at home, getting clocked by Utah by a count of 42 to 26. Now, I will say Kyle Whittingham seems year in and year out there, always relatively solid. You can just pretty much bank on whenever you have an actual full slate of games and you don't wind up having stops and starts when it comes to COVID-19 or something of that nature for Utah to be towards the, I'm not going to call it top of the conference, but I would say, like, if you wind up having two tiers, they're always in that tier one. You wind up having Cameron Rising have a very good game for Utah, by the way. About 22 of 28, 306 yards and three touchdowns for him, but you just take a look at this Pac-12 right now, and I think that I'm in agreement with a lot of people. You've got your clear number one with Oregon, who now looks very vulnerable, even if they wind up winning out. Who are they beating to be able to push themselves into the college football playoff? Because I still think that they need to leapfrog Cincinnati if Cincinnati wins out. I certainly think that they're going to be in the college football playoff, and that will leave them at the altar. You had Oklahoma be able to pull off that big win over Texas that we're going to be getting in on a little bit more in the next segment. But when you take a look at this, Pac-12 in general at this point, the landing spot probably has to be Arizona State being your second-best team. They were able to get a nice win over Sanford yesterday, a Sanford team that they wound up being able to take down Oregon. They wound up pretty much pushing Clay Helton out of a job, but at the same time, you have a little bit of a tough time making heads or tails out of this team as well. So I'm very fascinated by the Pac-12, and you've got a UCLA bunch in which they are now on defense as Arizona's been able to get the ball back. It's still a 24-16 game as we just wound up starting up the fourth quarter, but you just take a look at this conference in general. They certainly have put them in a world of hurt when it comes to trying to be able to get into the college football playoff, and a lot of that has to do with what we wound up seeing nationwide. Now, Alabama, they cannot afford a second loss, in my opinion, to be able to make the college football playoff, but you could once again see a scenario in which you've got Alabama and Georgia being able to make the college football playoff, or even if it wouldn't be necessarily if it wouldn't necessarily be both Alabama and Georgia, just two SEC teams in general who winds up coming out of that conference, I think that we could very easily see that just because it is very clear at this point, the SEC significantly better than so many of these other conferences. Now you wind up having a big top five matchup out there in the Big Ten as well that we're going to be hitting on a little bit more in Iowa versus Penn State with Iowa being able to have a nice comfort behind when Penn State winds up starting out very strongly in that game and then you wind up having a little bit of an injury to Sean Clifford. And then, well, the understudy, Mr. Robertson, went 7 of 21 through the air. Why Penn State was trying to throw it 46 times in this game, I have absolutely no idea. But that certainly is going to be leaving a little bit of an imprint when it comes to college football playoff hierarchy. So we're going to be talking a little bit more in the next segment about those marquee results I want to mention a little bit earlier. Going to dive a little bit more into Iowa versus Penn State. Also going to be taking a little bit more of a look at Oklahoma versus Texas because that was an insane game. And if you wound up watching that Ole Miss versus Arkansas game, it's like your mind is Iowa versus Penn State, 23 to 20. Your mind on drugs is like Ole Miss versus Arkansas. That was absolutely insane. So we're going to be taking a look at just what we wound up seeing on this college football Saturday on the other side on the Greg Peterson Experience. You're on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Patches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and hassle free tobacco alternatives that can be enjoyed on the go, anywhere, and at any time, so that way you do not miss a single minute of the game or tailgate party that you might be attending. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus, Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zinn wherever you are. Zinn's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet, with no lingering smell, plus it is easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn does contain nicotine and is for adults 21 or older only. So learn more and find out more about Zinn at Zinn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. And also find your local retailer for Zinn. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN. And what we've got to take a look at is something else that is very addictive. College football, and we wound up seeing some great results. I was talking about this a little bit prior to the break, but Iowa being able to get the job done against Penn State by kind of 23-20. to 20. I thought that Sean Clifford coming into the game for Penn State would be a solid game manager, and he really wasn't that. And I was surprised that when we wound up having Daquan Robertson come into the game that he was somehow, some way, like, exponentially worse. I think that that might have been the biggest upset that we wanted seeing on this college football Saturday because I think that we're all in agreement. A line for Sean Clifford of 15 of 25, a buck 46, two interceptions and no touchdowns. Nothing to write home about. When Robertson comes in and goes 7 to 21 and throws for two picks himself, that just makes it all the worse. Now, with Robertson, he was able to give a little bit more of a mobile threat with a couple carries. He was able to put up 27 yards, but somehow, some way, Clifford still rushed him too, so... It's just one of these cases in which I guess you have to take the old mantra of I guess you don't know what you have until it's gone with someone like a Sean Clifford because I took a look at it. I was just laughing at the fact that he was on like the Heisman odds board at DraftKings. I think he was 40-1 going into this Saturday. It might have been 50-1, to but he was like candidate number 10, number 12, and I was just here like, oh, there's no value here. Sean Clifford doesn't do anything for you. Apparently, he might be one of the most valuable players to his respective teams in the way that he wanted playing. And I did think that Iowa was going to be able to pull this one out, getting less than a field goal. I felt like was a pretty good bargain because I just thought that Petraeus at the quarterback spot was just going to make fewer mistakes. It wasn't necessarily a handicap of, okay, which quarterback is coming to come out here is going to just completely light up the defense or anything like that. It was which quarterback I felt like was going to make the fewest amount of mistakes. I leaned with Iowa for that reason. And for Iowa, Tyler Goodson was able to do a solid job. Didn't necessarily bust out for any big chunk plays. He wound up having really one big run of 20 yards, and that was about it. But what the team was was just very steady. They wind up getting down early in this game, Iowa does, and they were able to come back. And another team that got down very early and was able to come back, and they really did a lot of good for their college football playoff hopes. That would be Oklahoma. Now, all of a sudden, in Oklahoma, you got a little bit of quarterback controversy as Caleb Williams 
winds up coming into this game for Spencer Radler, who was clearly struggling. I know that there were fans that were calling for Spencer Radler a few weeks ago. I think it was during that Kansas State game. Might have been the game before or the game after, but certainly Spencer Radler was having a tough time of it, to say the least. One of the big NIL winners over the summertime has not been living up to that billing. He was a Heisman frontrunner at the beginning of the year, and I give Oklahoma a lot of credit. I mean, it takes some serious cojones to wind up benching a guy like Spencer Radler. I know that the fans have been calling for it, but at the same time, Radler has a little bit of a track record of success, and Oklahoma was able to do a tremendous job as they were able to put up 55 points in this one. Obviously, the total went very much over in this one, and for those of you guys that wind up taking Oklahoma Lane, between three and a half and four, because we saw that fluctuate a little bit. A very nice gift towards the end of this game and that final touchdown. But what else really impresses me about Oklahoma? How about Kennedy Brooks? 25 carries, 217 yards, and two touchdowns. He was absolutely amazing. He and Williams were just able to light this Texas rush defense ablaze. And for Texas, you do have to give them a little bit of credit as well. Now, this Oklahoma defense never has been, never will be great. I think that we've come to that realization, but for Casey Thompson to go out there and throw for five touchdowns was absolutely massive, and I did think that when it was all said and done, I thought that Oklahoma having to settle for those field, four field goals was going to come back and nip them, and the Tuckus did not wind up doing so in this one. Got to give the Oklahoma coaching staff just a lot of credit for making the change from Spencer Rattler, being able to ride with who they thought was going to give them the best chance to win in this one, and in my opinion, if Oklahoma would have lost this game, they would have really been up against it to be able to make the college football playoff. I don't think I don't think it would have been impossible, but I think it would have been very highly unlikely with the way that teams like Cincinnati and company are playing with Cincinnati did not wind up playing today, but they did wind up playing on Friday and they just wound up absolutely kicking the pants off of Temple. That was a 52 to 3 bludgeoning, but what else generated a lot of points? That's if you wind up looking at this Ole Miss versus Arkansas game, and I was mentioning a little bit earlier, if your traditional college football game is like 23-20 to 20 between Iowa and Penn State, this is like college football gone absolutely bonkers and balls to the walls crazy. This was just absolutely ridiculous as this game wound up coming down to a missed two-point conversion for Arkansas at the end of regulation, 52-51. to 51. This had everything that you wanted aside from perhaps a bag of chips. You had to go to your pantry to be able to find that one, but that was absolutely insane what we wound up seeing. And it was a pair of teams that were coming off of a loss, a pair of teams that were just very desperate for a win. And you got two relatively new coaches as well with their respective programs, Lane Kiffin being in year two at Ole Miss. And give this team a whole bunch of credit because with Ole Miss, you wound up having three different guys, Matt Corral obviously being one of them, give you at least 12 carries for 94 yards on the ground. So even though Ole Miss didn't wind up having necessarily the gaudiest pass numbers, they just did a great job of being able to generate chunk plays and give Arkansas a lot of credit as well. And I think that it's just the coming of age that we're seeing in college football right now because we remember the SEC of even five years ago. I feel like maybe you could go back a little bit further, but it used to be worth the SEC. The guys were obviously bigger, faster, stronger, but it was teams that were hanging their hat on defense. The biggest college football game seemingly every year was when LSU and Alabama would hook up and you were getting ready for a 7-3 slobber knocker in which you would have just three yards in a pile of dust on seemingly every single play, a whole bunch of sacks, and a bunch of guys that just look completely clueless trying to throw a ball in. With Alabama, the one thing that they always have is a bad field goal kicker. I have no idea how, but Alabama, it's like five-star recruit, five-star recruit, five-star recruit. Walkie McWalk on at the kickoff at the kicker spot, and it's just like what the heck is going on here? But I mean, it certainly has just changed so much, just the landscape of college football in general. And I think that this game, along with what we wound up seeing with Alabama versus Texas A&M, really encapsulates that. And now I think that you've just got an interesting circumstance when it comes to college football playoff because let's say a team like an Ole Miss winds up winning out, and you wind up having Alabama or Georgia wind up having two losses. You've got to figure that. Whoever out of Alabama and Georgia either goes undefeated or has one loss, and then say in Ole Miss winds up finishing with one loss, I think that those two teams do have a realistic shot of being able to make the college football playoff. I think that you've got a very real chance, even which with Alabama's loss, of having two teams into the college football playoff. Now, there is a lot of ifs with that. We know that 
things tend to get very crazy when it comes to college football playoff. And even a one-loss Notre Dame, I don't know if you would necessarily be able to put it past them with Notre Dame. Very intriguing what you've got with this program as well as they wind up taking the bad loss last week. They wind up going in to Virginia Tech and they wind up being able to claw out a 32-29 win because you just take a look at the schedule that Notre Dame has played. Granted, it was not necessarily convincing the way that they wound up taking down Toledo and Florida State at the beginning of the year, but win is a win. They were able to get that nice win over Wisconsin, which is starting to look worse and worse. Now, Wisconsin was able to get back on track. They were able to win and cover against an Illinois team that, well, when you take a look at it at the end of the season, you're going to look back at that week zero game between Illinois and Nebraska and just laugh at it, but with Notre Dame, they played a very solid schedule to this point. Florida State has been showing their worth a little bit more, so that has been helping them out. Obviously, Notre Dame goes a little bit more ACC heavy when it comes to their schedule, but the fact that Florida State was able to come back with wins against Syracuse and North Carolina, that helps out their cause, and that's sometimes what this college football playoff winds up coming down to as well. Not necessarily that you wind up continuing to beat teams by 50 points, but sometimes your win slash losses at the beginning of the year they look just a little bit better as time goes along. And by the way, how big of a calamity is this North Carolina season? I was just talking about Florida State. The fact that they wind up losing this game by kind of 35 to 25. And we thought that there was a realistic chance that North Carolina wasn't just a basketball school anymore. So wound up having a lot of interesting things here in this college football weekend. Coming up next, I'm going to be talking about some of the things that are really standing out to me when it comes to college football what teams have impressed me and what teams have not. That is going to be coming up on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSEN trial today and get full access to our sports betting experts including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bets emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every single game, plus full access to vsun.com data and analysis. You get everything vsun has to offer for only $22 a month, so sign up today at vsun.com slash subscribe. As it is a Greg Peterson experience, and I am Greg Peterson. Thus far, we have not had anyone other than Greg Peterson crack the bike on this show, so we are doing well there. I know it's going to happen at some point. I do think I've got a wedding in Wisconsin in like February that I need to attend. Why we wound up getting a Friday wedding in the state of Wisconsin in February, I have absolutely no idea. But with that said, we will come to that when the time comes. But the time has come to take a look at what we've all got in Pac-12 after dark. And right now, this is a big giant sweat, no matter which way you wind up betting this game as UCLA versus Arizona is right now landing on 15. Arizona trailing by kind of 31 to 16. Got about 748 left in the fourth quarter. This is a game in which the spread wound up closing anywhere between 16 and 16 and a half. So if you took the points right now, you're in good shape, but there's a long ways to go. You never know when you're going to get one of those backdoor touchdowns or vice versa. So a lot to be decided here. If you want to take the total right now, you're in solid shape when it comes to the under, but as we know, Anything can happen in 7 minutes and 45 seconds of college football action. As this one closed, anywhere between 60 and a half and 61. So certainly keeping our eyes peeled as UCLA just wound up getting a touchdown. So they're kicking the ball away back to Arizona. If you wind up taking this one, it's a little bit less of a sweat. Unless if we wind up seeing some form of a calamity. It looks like Nevada is going to be able to win this one going away. The biggest sweat right now is, will Nevada be able to push the total over all by themselves? 52 to 7. Nevada, or as I know a lot of people around here like to call them Reno, it's one of those things in which I feel like every state has one of them. Obviously, with the University of Miami, they always call them the U. I'm someone from the great state of Wisconsin. Everyone just calls it UW, although folks out there in the state of Washington would like to probably debate that. But right now, if you're looking to dive in on this life, you're laying 47 and a half points when it comes to Nevada, as it is 52 to 7. Throwdowns game close anywhere between 64 and a half and 65. So one more touchdown and you wind up having this thing pushed over and you have the under. You're hoping for a nice, hearty, scoreless quarter. So 
it's not necessarily looking great there. In the next segment, we're going to be taking a little bit of a look as to everything that we wound up seeing on the baseball betting board for Saturday and do a little bit of a look forward here on Sunday. But got to take a look at some of the teams that, in my opinion, have been very good and, well, they have not necessarily been living up to expectations when it comes to college football. But you just take a look at what we've been able to get in college football thus far this year. I was talking about it in the first segment. I just think that you've got a big giant what the in the world is happening here when it comes to the Pac-12. I just have not been really impressed by this conference at all. And the biggest thing is you wound up seeing FCS teams wind up beating up on some of these FBS teams. It started with Washington winding up losing that game to Montana and from there, because we all expected Washington to be one of the better teams out there in the Pac-12 that you just sort of knew, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a long year for this conference, and then when they wind up going and playing against Michigan, they just get completely bludgeoned in that one. You just knew that it was not going to be looking well for them. Right now, you've got Oregon, a solid top 25 team, and Arizona State. If you're looking for a surprise in the good, Herm Edwards is a guy that knows how to coach. I know that there were a lot of people that were just absolutely bashing the hire of Herm Edwards when he wound up going to Arizona State a few years ago, but it's clearly been the right move for Arizona State. I give them credit. This is all of a sudden becoming a relevant college football program once again, so I do like what's being built there, but really, aside from Oregon and Arizona State, you don't have much. UCLA should probably be able to hang on in this one against Arizona, but are they going to be able to cover the spread? That is a question mark. Another team that, well, if you've been betting on them, I know that we've got a couple folks at this fine network, there are alum of this of this program. That'd be Missouri. Oh, and six against a spread. They wound up being able to get the win here on Saturday against North Texas, but another non-cover. And the big thing is, all but one of Missouri's games have gone over the total. It's just been a complete and utter lack of defense. We've been seeing quite a few overs in general out there in the SEC, but it's just one of these cases in which can Missouri just be able to get online and can they cover a couple spreads year in and year out? You just expect Nebraska to be bad. I was fully expecting this to be an absolutely terrible team. And thus far, they haven't necessarily been great. Although, I will say, Nebraska, 4-2-1 and one against the spread. So, that has been a little bit unexpected to me. But there have been a couple pleasant surprises out there in the Big Ten. Iowa and Michigan really headline those, along with Michigan State. All these teams are either 5-1 or, in the case of Michigan State, 4-0-2 oh, against the spread, so that's really depending on your closing number, how good you've been able to do on Michigan State so far this year, but got a trio of teams that they really do hang their hat on defense. Got to give Iowa all the credit in the world for coming back against Penn State. Penn State, a very solid team, a team that was able to go to Wisconsin Week 1 and be able to get the win, but they are one of my other disappointments. How about a bad Wisconsin has been this year? Wisconsin winds up being able to get the win over Illinois, but I think we are finding out that this Illinois team, what we wound up seeing in week zero against Nebraska, it certainly was not a sign of things to come as. You've got a Wisconsin team that they look just completely lost on offense. Graham Mertz wound up getting hurt a couple weeks ago, and even when he's been in the fold, this has just been a completely disjointed offense. And what I think is so surprising as well is that Wisconsin has just not necessarily been as sound of a defense as we've seen in past years. They were able to shut out Illinois, but you Take a look at Illinois, and this is right now a bottom 15 offense at all of college football, in my opinion. It's just sad to see what we've gotten out of Sikowski and company over there at Illinois. You figure that they'd be up for this game a little bit more. Big-time revenge spot for Brett Bielema because, as we know, he wound up coaching at Wisconsin for many years, decided that he would lean, leave for greener pastures over there with Arkansas, never was able to get things off the ground at Arkansas, so it was just not a great situation there. And when you take a look at the Big Ten, you've got another team I feel is a little bit disappointing. And it's just mainly for their one bad performance that you wound up seeing a few weeks ago. And that'd be Minnesota. When you wind up losing as pretty much a four-touchdown favorite against Bowling Green on your home field, it's not necessarily great. A Bowling Green team that they wound up losing by two touchdowns on their home field to Akron today. So that loss is just looking all the more worse. But with Minnesota... It's just been intriguing to watch them because they wind up being able to shut out Colorado earlier in the year. They wind up playing just an absolute nail-biter against Miami of Ohio earlier in the campaign as well. And then they wind up being able to take down Purdue in a 20-13 to game 
last week. So it's just been really intriguing to take a look at this Minnesota team. It's been trials and tribulations there. So they've been in some ways very good, but in some ways disappointing to the bad end. When you take a look at college football in general, when you talk about disappointing teams, is there any team that you can Is there any team that has been really more than that than Clemson? I'm sure we were able to make the debate on so many of these teams, but we all thought, even after that loss to Georgia, that Clemson was going to be a relatively solid team. Year in and year out, they have been one of the most consistent teams really ever since we wound up getting this college football playoff format. Prior to the college football format playoff system, you wound up having people called Clemsoning because every single year you would see Clemson have that one bad loss. Well, now you're sitting here with a Clemson team that they've got a pair of losses after losing to NC State. They were very lucky to get that win against Georgia Tech earlier in the year. So I take a look at this Clemson team. They are a toast for being able to go over their season win total. They were the prohibitive favorite in the ACC. That is not happening for them at this point and the ACC in general. You've got a lot of question marks, shall we say, when it comes to the ACC because you wound up seeing it with Wake Forest as well. They wound up finally having a little bit of a road test and they were able to pull it out against Syracuse. Boy, was that thing hairy, though. You had to go to overtime for that for one. Wake Forest wound up getting down by a couple of touchdowns. Syracuse just wound up not being able to finish the deal. But I just take a look at this entire ACC in general, and I don't necessarily know what to make out of it because when you just take a look at the hierarchy of college football in general right now, I do feel like you're going to be getting two teams in some form or fashion that wind up making the college football playoff out of that SEC despite the Alabama loss. But... When it comes to the other teams that wind up getting in, I don't think you're going to be able to get Oregon in even if they do wind up winning out just because they don't necessarily have a lot of good competition that they're going to be playing the rest of the way. Really, the only team that I see being ranked when it's all said and done from the Pac-12 is Arizona State. As they've been able to do a relatively solid job. I don't know what to make out of the ACC right now because even if Clemson winds up winning out, you can't think that they're going to be able to make the college football playoff. Wake Forest, I think, has to be the flag bearer team at this point to be able to make the college football playoff when it comes to the ACC. So you've just got a big giant middle there. And when you've got a big giant middle and not necessarily a dominant team, it certainly hurts your conference. So we've got a lot of questions to be answered when it comes to college football. And we've got some questions that need to be answered on the ball diamond as well. We wound up seeing a pair of games when it comes to the MLB playoffs today. So we're going to be recapping those on the other side and turning it forward to Sunday as we're going to have a pair of ALDS games coming up. That is going to be talked about on the other side here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beatson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. This feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game at VSIN.com. As we are back here in lovely Las Vegas, here at Circa for the Greg Peterson Experience. I am still Greg Peterson, so we are all good there. And if you wound up taking road teams out there in Major League Baseball, if you're out there on the East Coast yesterday, if you're on the West Coast, you still have about an hour or so left on your Saturday. Well, you wound up having a great day as we wound up seeing home teams in the first part of this playoffs going into Saturday go 7-1. and one. Little bit of a reversal on Saturday as both the road teams were able to get the job done. The Atlanta Braves by a count of three to zero, and the LA Dodgers by a count of nine to two. For the New York Post, wound up dishing out the Atlanta Braves as a little bit of a plus price, and they were able to get there. This is one of these things in which, in my opinion, you really have to take a look at a little bit of the recent data when it comes to some of these starting pitchers, and it really bared itself out in this one. Brandon Woodruff coming into the starts, the Milwaukee Brewers have been. 4-10 and ten in his last 14, and Max Fried had been absolutely masterful for the Atlanta Braves. The team had been 10-1 and one in his last 11 starts, and I'm just really starting to question this Milwaukee Brewers offense in general. We wound up seeing it the last couple series of the regular season, and I'm someone that regularly talks to Matt Pauly, who does pre- and post-game work for the Milwaukee Brewers on their flagship station, and it is very clear that Willie Adamas is not currently at 100%. Now, he said that it's not like he's at like 50% or anything like that. He's more like 85 to 90, but this Brewers offense just completely turned on a dime when they wound up getting Willie Adamas. With Adamas in the fold, the Milwaukee Brewers are winning about two-thirds of his of their games. Without Willie Adamas, they're about a 500 team, so that is absolutely critical. And Eduardo Escobar was someone that wanted missing a lot of time for the Brewers as well. He's hitting a buck 43 right now. Obviously, only two games in this series, but wanted missing a lot of time. It's not necessarily been the acquisition that the Brewers are hoping for. Not necessarily do the things that are in his control, but just because he's been banged up in general. And then you take a look at the Atlanta Braves, and you've got a quadrant of guys who have been able to give you at least 30 home runs so far this year. Adam Duvall, Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, along with Austin Riley. And the guy that wound up going deep for the Atlanta Braves in this one was Austin Riley. And you just take a look at that lineup, and it is a bear for any team to be able to get through. Because with the Milwaukee Brewers, this is still a team that they do a very solid job when it comes to their overall pitching, but at the same time, if you even wind up allowing, say, two to three runs, your team is in danger at this point because you haven't been able to generate a lot of offense. Christian Yelich wound up having a single-digit amount of home runs this year. If you're wanting to talk about MVPs that have fallen off a cliff, the fall-off for Christian Yelich has been one of the biggest we've ever seen. Now, I think that injury is playing quite a bit of a factor of it as well, but I mean, that is the theme for the Milwaukee Brewers right now. Their entire lineup is completely banged up, and the bullpen is now as well because Devin Williams, after the team wound up locking up the National League Central, he winds up punching a wall after having a couple drinks. Now he's out for seemingly the entire postseason. There's a little bit of hope that he might be able to return if the team is able to make it to the World Series, but at this point, if they wind up losing two out of these next three games, well, we are not going to be figuring that out, and instead the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be making tea times, and they have to go up against an Atlanta Braves team that ever since the All-Star break 
This is a team with a top six bullpen ERA. You've seen so many of these guys be able to come in and do their role. Richard Rodriguez is not even on the playoff roster for this team, but Tyler Madzik, Jesse Chavez, even Will Smith, he sometimes gets a little bit jiggy with it when it comes to the saves, but he's been able to do a really good job for this team. And then with the Brewers, not having that bridge to Josh Shader is absolutely massive because with this Milwaukee Brewers bunch, you have your two frontline starters, in my opinion, Woodruff and Corbin Burns, the two guys that wound up going. Now, if I were Craig Council, I certainly would be looking at a Game 3 starter of Eric Lauer because he has just been so good for this bunch. As of right now, it is good old to be determined for the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm thinking it's probably going to be Freddie Peralta. If something wound up popping up in the last few minutes, I want to missing it. But you just take a look at this Brewers team in general. And with Freddie Peralta going on the mound, I think that they're going to really be up against it. If you take a look at Freddie Peralta's numbers, in 14 out of his 16 starts prior to going on the injured list, he had given up two runs or fewer. In four out of his last five since coming off the injured list, three-plus runs, he is clearly not the same guy as well. I think that injuries have just completely diminished what was a Milwaukee Brewers team that, heck, in the month of July, even in early August, I thought that they had tremendous value as a World Series futures bet. As of right now, I think that there's a good chance that they wind up losing the series, but I will say there is one saving grace for the Milwaukee Brewers, and that is the fact that they have been significantly better on the road than they have been at home going into the postseason. They had a plus-four run differential at home, north of a plus-one on a run differential on the road. You just don't see that. This is a team that time and time again has been able to get themselves up off the mat, so that is something that's working in their favor, but with the way that the Braves are playing right now, they're going to be up against it. I have a little bit more confidence in the San Francisco Giants and being able to win a possible best-of-five series if it winds up going four, it winds up going four, but as we know, the Dodgers are going to be trotting out their Max Scherzer in Game 3. I believe it sounds like Alex Wood is going to be going for the San Francisco Giants on Monday, but the Giants wound up getting completely trounced Saturday night. They wind up losing to the LA Dodgers by a count of 92, and it was just a little bit of a ticking time bomb when it came to this Dodgers offense. They had scored at least eight runs at each of their last five games of the regular season. They got held down in that game against the St. Louis Cardinals, in which you need that Chris Bryant two-run homer for him to be able to get the Dodgers just into the series in general. And then with the San Francisco Giants completely shutting out the Dodgers, I felt like that was a little bit of a surprise. You figured that this was going to be a relatively solid San Francisco Giants team, but you figured that the Dodgers would be able to scratch across a little bit of something. They were able to take out their frustrations on the LA Dodgers, and they were able to get it done. And we have to interrupt this talk of Major League Baseball to let you know that if you wind up taking the points with Arizona, unfortunately, you did not wind up getting it done. 34-16, to this game just went final. The underwinds of cashing. Arizona, who was in really good shape in much of this game, it was 14-13 to throughout quite a bit of the third quarter. They are unable to cover the spread, so you wind up taking Arizona in this one. I do feel for you as UCLA winds up opening up right around 17-point favorite. They close between 16 and 16 and a half. They wind up getting the cash in. New Mexico State is trying to make things a little bit interesting as well. 52-21 to 21 is your score. In this one, you've got about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. So Nevada, a team that was up by a count of 52-7, to 7, they're going to be able to win this game outright. But those of you guys that want to play the right around 28 and a half to 29 points, this game has all of a sudden become a little bit of sweat. So we had to butt in and we had to give you guys a little bit of something when it comes to that. But getting back to Dodgers versus the San Francisco Giants, what I think is going to be really intriguing with what we're going to be seeing moving forward is that you've got bullpens number one and number two with regards to ERA in this one. Both of these teams overall number one and number two with regards to their overall ERAs. So I think that it's going to be very fascinating to see what winds up happening for game three with the San Francisco Giants just because with Alex Boyd, he has been a little bit inconsistent, but when he gets hot, he gets really hot. As we know, revenge is going to be on the mind for him as he was a, for that matter, all-star when he was with the LA Dodgers a few years ago. Has been able to have a little bit of a career renaissance when it comes to his time with the San Francisco Giants. And the one thing that I have to say about the San Francisco Giants is that every single time it looks like, oh, the San Francisco Giants are going to regress. They want him losing one or two games. This is a team that they've always had a response for that. I have to give credit to Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler, not someone that wanted to be doing the world's greatest job in Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, he did an absolutely terrible job when he was out there in Philadelphia. He's been able to do such a good job of being able to keep his guys 
up, be able to keep his guys motivated all year long. And on top of that, he just pushed all the right buttons when it comes to the platoons and the lineups in general. You've got a double-digit amount of guys that during the regular season were able to hit a double-digit amount of homers for the San Francisco Giants team. Even without Brandon Belt in the fold, they've been able to find a way to be able to get some offense generated. So I'm very intrigued to see what we're going to be able to get out of the divisional series out there in the National League because now it's a best of three for both of them. And with the Giants and the Dodgers, these have been two of the better teams on the road as well. Now your main fear with the Giants is that they do wind up getting down 2-1 to one because Mad Max Scherzer, in 12 starts ever since being acquired from the Washington Nationals, the Dodgers have lost as many of their starts, as many starts by Max Scherzer, as they've lost starts by Greg Peterson. And guess what? I haven't made a start for the LA Dodgers. So that's pretty darn good. And Scherzer, right around a 2 ERA ever since he's gotten to the Dodgers, has shown a little bit more mortalness in his last few starts. But I certainly do think that that's going to be very intriguing to take a look at moving forward. And I wound up stating this on the show a little bit earlier, and I'm going to say it once again, if you're looking at the futures market in general, I think that you've got a lot more value if you're looking to bet on either of these teams that are in the National League Divisional Series, just with a rollover series by series, rather than taking a futures ticket right now. Just my general approach, and my general approach to baseball, trying to find some winners. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about the games that we've got coming up for Sunday, right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.